it is uh, a lot of sound churches are still out there. But you don't hear about them because uh, they'll range anywhere from 8 to 30 or 35 members. But uh, I think it's like anything else, we as Christians uh, don't take advantage of what we have been given. Actually, the necessary building blocks are basic. We want to look at six of them this morning. Uh, we got in uh, the library, probably a third of my library, and uh, a lot of Brother Ginn's library, and uh, with books that uh, you could study on about any subject, some of the old papers that are no longer in print. But to my knowledge, I, I don't think anybody that I know of has taken advantage of it, but, uh, but it's sort of like so winning. My responsibility as pastor, your responsibility as a church is to support missions. If someone has an opportunity or gives you an opportunity to tell them about the Lord, it's our responsibility. What they do with it, we have no control over that. But uh, churches grow from Sunday school. Uh, we seen that at Hebron. We seen that when we took over this church many, many years ago. But uh, so let's look at uh, several ways uh, our building blocks for a local church. And of course the first one is very simple. We need the preaching and teaching of God's word for both doctrine that's what to believe. Doctrine is what I believe, what I preach, what this church stands for. And I don't think myself or any other preacher gets upset if members don't agree with them on every point. But we ought to know what we believe and why we believe it. That's uh, important. And everything that we believe should come from Scripture. So Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Now notice the first thing that this book is profitable for, and that's doctrine. If I believe something and can't back it up with the word of God, then it's my opinion. And you and I are talking, I can express. I can say, Sister Henrietta, this is my opinion. But I can't preach my opinion. Anything that I preach from the pulpit, I should be able to back it up with God's word. And if I can't do that, then I shouldn't preach it. 
So God says we learn, we build through the Word of God. And Second Timothy 3.16, as we said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable, first thing, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, you know, when we get to uh, instruction in righteousness, uh, people will say, that's your opinion. Uh, it's not my opinion if I say, the Bible teaches this, and I can give you chapter and verse and cross-reference with it. There's several things that I believe personally, and my wife believes personally, and we practice personally. It's Bible, but, you know, some people say, well, you can preach that, but I'll never practice that. That's dangerous. But I don't get upset because that's between them and God and God will deal with them personally for that. See, as, as long as we teach Sunday school, and that's why Sunday school is so important, that is teaching. That is taking, you know, ways a church grow, building blocks for a local church. It's through the word. If we don't offer the word, then all we're offering is my opinion or somebody else's opinion. The second block uh, is through prayer. I stress prayer. That's why we have the prayer box. That's why that I have a little tablet out in my car that when I go visit somebody, I'll take the tablet and a pencil with me. And if they ask me to pray for them, you know, I may not always tell you about it because it may be something personal. They want me to pray. They want the church to pray, but we don't put it out. So we put it in the prayer box. That prayer box is locked. Uh, I don't know what prayer request is in there. But I've got confidence in that prayer box because I know I pray for the prayer box. I believe my wife prays for the prayer box. So if every member prayed for the prayer box, then, you know, you've got 10, 15, 20, 30 people praying for somebody that's maybe got a child on drugs or got a, a financial problem or got health problems that they don't want to tell somebody about but they want to take it to, to the Lord. Because the prayer, you know, and it's so important. So you've heard it said, a family that prays together stay together. Well, the same is true of a church family. We respect each other's, uh, you know, requests. I get a lot of texts from people Pastor Tony, would you pray for this, but I don't want you to announce it to your church. Well, I mean, they got their personal reasons. I'm going to honor that. So 
That's why in our particular church, the prayer box becomes so important. You're, you're praying for those people that didn't want me to announce it because maybe of embarrassment, maybe, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. When you ask somebody to pray, then it's our responsibility to pray. I don't know who all's in that prayer box, but I can tell you one thing. My name, my daughter, my wife, all three of my kids, and all of my grandkids are in that box. So when you pray for that prayer box, you're praying for your pastor, his wife, his children, and his grandchildren. And everybody else that prays for that box. So God says in Luke 18, 1, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So when you look at Luke 18, God is simply saying men, and that's mankind. It doesn't mean that women can't pray. I found out in the more than 50 years that I've been pastoring that women usually pray more than men do. Maybe that's an emotional, maybe I don't know what, what it is, but the uh, only thing I know is that God said, you know, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And that word faint, it, you know, don't stop praying. Because God will always answer prayer. And a lot of times, and I believe most of the time, this is my personal opinion, he says, wait. I allowed this for a reason. Sometimes his answer is no. But we all want a, a yes answer. But if we got every prayer we prayed, prayed, we would probably destroy ourselves spiritually. Because sometimes hard times make us strong. You've got to go through some problems to appreciate the good times. Number three in building blocks for a local church is through trials. You know, if the United States doesn't turn back to God because of what has happened the last two years, the rapture you can take it to the bank is coming. When I look back over the past 50 years, our greatest times of spiritual growth as a church family have been during trials. Trials have a way of teaching us to pray and driving us to our knees with brothers and sisters in Christ. Our only active missionary, Brother Herman Mills, they're trying to build a building over there. And he uh, texted me and he said, inflation is 100%. Everything in that country has doubled. Can you imagine trying to build a house with the price of wood and brick and in it? It's 
but then you go to Lowe's and it's double. You know, so it tests your faith on whether you can give or whether you, you know, be, you know, just what you're going to do. But I do know that trials have a way of teaching us to pray, driving us to our knees with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because hope I'm right, I pray I'm right, you know, we've had a lot of sickness this year. I mean, not such a bad cold, but I mean, you know, we've had some major operations. We've had some major problems. So God said, why does this happen? And I'm not telling you that, you know, I don't know, but I do know that, that uh, trials is part of growing up. Boys and girls, Sister Jean and I was, <laughs> was talking, you know, these boys, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, girls, they should put the phone down and the TV down and get outside and skin their knees and bruise their ankles and, you know, that's what you do. That's healthy. That's really getting to know my brother or my sister or my neighbor. But, you know, uh, I have a phone. About everybody in the church that's in his age has a phone. You know, people don't even call you anymore. As a way of life, they text you. I mean, that's some one-on-one, brother, let me tell you. <laughs> you don't even have a way to, to know, you know, if, if somebody texts you, you know, who is this? We know it's somebody in the family, but who? See, we grow when we I know personally that that person has a need. And then if everybody is praying, and always remember this, you got to be in the center of God's will for your prayers to be answered. You can't be out of his will. You know, that's I've had people that just, drop out of church and trust somebody out and all that stuff, you know, and then I'll see him and, how's things going, preacher? I've been praying for you every day. No, you haven't. No. You may only be praying for me. But the Bible teaches if I've got all against a brother or I've got all against a sister, when I say brother, it's, you know, it's saying whether you're Male or female. You need to try to fix that. Instead of saying, you know, I'll just pray for him. See, sometimes when we pray, God sends it back to us and said, 
you do what you're supposed to do, this one you can handle. God doesn't always handle every problem we've got when it's in your power to handle it. Now, I realize people don't agree with, with that, but, but that's facts. You know, God is not going to give me something when I have the ability to earn it. You know, I mean, it's just, and we could get into a lot of terms. But look at First Peter. First Peter. God says in First Peter chapter five and verse ten. He said, "But the God of all grace, who have called us into eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that He have suffered a while, make." You perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. But, uh, you know, sometimes God let us go through a little bit of rough time. You know, it's, uh, we don't want our children to get hurt, but sometimes, you know, it does a child good to fall and skin the knee or bust the lip, get the nose bleeding. But now, if uh, Neela was babysitting for somebody and the baby fell and cut her lip, the thing she'd have to be worried about is a lawsuit. Or any others. My wife used to babysit for five kids. You know, I told her, I said, I don't know what you're making because she had it, she did what she wanted to with, with that, but I, they don't have enough money for me to wash five kids, toddlers and now. One of them fell out of and broke their arm. You imagine what would happen now? See, we think God is against us, the world is against us, and I must be doing something wrong because I've got a, a problem. But God already said life is short and full of trouble. You know, I'm not saying we cease to be human, but you know, I've seen Christians drop out of church because they had, let me use their term, Two or three bad incidents, you know. My car stopped running. Refrigerator won't run. Electric bill double. What does that say? Well, we grow through trials. And God said, you know, as we read here, that, uh, but the God of all grace, who have called us into his glory 
bad Jesus. You know. Trials is a way of, of life. You either learn from that or he'll send you some more. You know. I know nothing that y'all would do, but you know, uh, when I was young, Zeke, you know, I had a heavy foot. And I was about to lose my license, had so many speeding tickets, but I had a state cop that l loved me and he would fix them, you know. And then I had one more and he said, this is the last one. No more. I saw. So I had another one. You know, it's uh, when you're driving substantial miles an hour over the speed limit, you know, your fine is much worse and you can lose your license. State trooper didn't, I don't care how good a friend he was. So I keep doing that, you'll keep doing this. That's the way God deals exactly. When you know you're wrong, God will not keep taking care of it. He'll let you. You know. And that's what the people do, you know. I know a lot of people personally, I could name their names, I wouldn't, make enough money to live on, but they don't know how to spend their paycheck. They could double their salary. They could triple their salary. And they would still not have enough money to live on. So, you know, if God keeps letting somebody help them and help them and help them, they'll never learn. But you got to take a two jobs or three jobs. Any of y'all ever had three jobs? Sometimes God will cause that. It's not because he's left you. But you go through some hard times and you're out there by yourself or you think you're by yourself. You're going to learn. And a lot of our health problems, you know, we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over, getting the same results over and over. Through trials, that's what God said, but the God of all grace who have called us into his eternal glory by Jesus Christ. Now notice, he's talking, when you read 1 Peter 5.10, he's not talking about lost people. Although God takes care of lost people. But they don't have that promise that a saved person does. Number four, through godly examples. From the pastor to the deacons to Sunday school teachers to disciples to the church staff, 
God uses human instruments to develop the faith of others. I used the example the other night or last week when Tom was at now. His youngest boy used to uh, mimic me. He would mimic as long as they would dress him, the way I dress, the way I'd walk. Brian said, I want to be, when I grow up, I want to be just like the pastor. When he told me that, you know, you sort of smile, but you take that serious when somebody got respect for you and they want to be like you, God hold you accountable that you be extra good. Two godly examples. You ladies, we had examples of women in this church. <laughs> you know, what a what a blessing. Well, Paul answers this in First Corinthians chapter eleven and verse one. Notice what he says. When we look at the word of God and we see what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am a Christ. This was the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. But yet we hear, especially dads, bless our poor heart. It's such a chip off the old block. Proud of you, boy. Go out on a date. Make your dad proud. Nothing to be proud about. You know, if, if you're setting a fatherly example, then yes. But if you're not, we sometimes fall back and we say, well, I did worse and I turned out all right, didn't I? What if your children or grandchildren, you know? I was proud of my grandson, Parker. You know, his sister was on the lap of Santa, I hope he had sanitized himself. You don't know what's in that red suit. But he went to talk to Parker, and he's, you know, I'm just here for her. He didn't want no part of that foolishness. That's what we ought to do, even if we're looking at our parents or grandparents. I'm not going to tell you to follow your dad or follow your grandfather or follow your uncle or aunt. If your uncle, or aunt, father, grandmother, whoever you're idolizing, you know, idolizing, if they're sinners and openly sinning, I'm not going to tell you to follow them. They should not be your hero, but you should love them and respect them. 
There's a lot of sinners that I love. Some in my family I love. So God said, be followers. Paul said, be followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. See, that's way to, this church grows together. Those are building blocks for a local church. Now, I like some of those game shows. I was watching one last night, and the, he was in, introducing and said, you know, this lady, and beautiful young lady, and, and you know, she was saying that, uh, are you married? Oh, yes. My husband, she is so-and-so. This is strictly me. I don't watch that crap. not going to watch when they're promoting same-sex marriages. And the, you know, I don't want, I don't want my grandkids, I don't want my kids, I don't want my friends, I don't want my family, I don't want my whoever I want them to know that I'm against that. Not them, but the sin they're living in. Do I have some acquaintance that are lesbian and and homosexual? Well, sure. I speak to them. But we're not buddies. We don't do things together. Because if that's my buddy, then you got a right to think he don't think that's wrong. And I want everybody from here to glory knows that I think that is wrong. That is sin. So somebody said, you know, what do you think we ought to do with them? That's not my call. Well, preacher, what do you think God would do with them? I can answer that. You know what God did with them. How do we make our church grow? It's through fellowship. I'm not just talking about... uh, German chocolate cake here. I'm not denying that it helps either. It does. Christian fellowship is more than time together. It is real engagement about the faith and what God is doing in our lives. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews Chapter 10. What does God say here? Well, in verse 24, Hebrews 10, 24. 
Paul said, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What's that saying? It means if we really believe the Lord is coming, we ought to be as faithful as we possibly can to the Lord. Because he said it very clearly. And so much the more, so much the more, but because of the situation, the churches have used that. And I'm thankful for our 6 o'clock Facebook Live. It's a very small percentage of any church watches on Facebook Live. But that's our evening service. And God said, so much the more. why Hebron Baptist Church is still a church after all these years. That's why Hammond Road Baptist Church is still a church after all these years. We believe that when the door is open, unless we're sick or providence or hindrance, we need to be there. He said, I believe that. Well, Christ said, if you believe we're living in the last days, that means even the more. I have a greater desire. But you also got a responsibility. If I woke up this morning with a fever of 102, I need not come inside this building. But where's your faith, Pastor? Fine line between faith and you know what. Six, a last point, ways to build your church is through serving. Like soldiers binding in the trenches. There's something about serving alongside your church family that provokes both personal growth and relationship. Now, you can feel sorry for me. I'd rather you not do that, but I'd rather you to pray for me. Uh, over the years, I've had church family closer to me than my family. 
That don't mean they were at my house all the time. That don't mean it just means that, you know, if they know I was sick, they would let me know they're praying for me. You know. Judy can verify this, which I don't need nobody to verify. Our family gathered that big old house. It was full on Christmas Day. Know what other day it was full on? Every Sunday. Every Sunday. All of us would go home. On Wednesday night, half of them would come home. Now, you get to see them if they have something and thanks to uh, invite you, you know. So that's, <laughs> you know, we had a revival a, a few years ago, and one of our members uh, got upset at me. They said, why didn't you tell me we were having a revival? I was silent for a minute, and I said, if you had been where you were supposed to be, I wouldn't have had to tell you. It's a shame when the mom goes to the hospital, she's got cancer, and the children don't know about it. I'm just telling you how we can grow as Halifax. You take the same, you take these same principles, six principles, and every one of our families would be stronger if we applied them. It's easy to pray for somebody down the road, but it's hard to pray for our own family if we know we got an uncle or an aunt or grandparents, you know. You know just remember, granddaddy's not going to heaven because he's old, because he's your granddaddy. He's going to heaven because he's been saved, washed in the blood. So as we close, Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, two-letter word, if we faint not. If we faint not. As we have therefore opportunities. Not putting yourself out. When you have opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You know what we do, you know. We are to pray, and as we have opportunity, help our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord especially those of our house. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Father, for the privilege that's been granted to us that we may speak on this subject as we end in this year and preparing for a new year that we will 
See the importance 